0: Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 199. I am your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. I am very excited that we are one away from 200, and today's guest is going to even amp things up even more. I would love to introduce you to the Valley 101 podcast and its host, Kayla White. That's right. Kayla came in. She gave all of herself, and I'm very excited to like share this story with you guys. You may remember her. She is returning to us. Us, but she is now under a new brand. But she used to be the co host of When Myers Met Briggs. We get to learn about her journey and how she pivoted from this to this new podcast. Very, very, very appreciative for Kayla to come in. Her whole her whole thing is just about wanting to build community, making the community better. She's invested just as much as we are. And we're excited to share everything that she's got going on, too. So you can hear a little bit of our business side. Uh, Finding Arizona Podcast, you can catch at our website, findingarizona.podcast.com We do offer um, some merchandise. We do have a store. So if you want a shirt, mug, tote bag, that's available for you as well on top of which we have a newsletter for every week that comes out we try and give you vital information uh, things that going on in the community on top of which uh, things going on in our podcast Brittany works very hard for that so sign up for that on top of which she gets a little bit more personal on our blog so if you want to learn about what's keeping us busy aka our wedding and what's going on with the house uh, you can learn all about that on the blog. She has a new blog post every week, so we make uh, sure that we are connecting with you guys as much as we can. On top of all of that, if you would love to be a super fan, we do have a Patreon page where you can go make that happen. We have a bonus podcast called Fine Examination, where we ask 50 rapid fire questions of every guest who come through our door. And uh, they answer it. They always have a good time. It seems like a blast for them. It's kind of a good palate cleanser too after a long podcast. And just to answer a couple of quick questions and they just, they, they seem like they always have a good time. Uh, so that, go check that out at patreon.com slash podcast. And then, last but not least, we do have a community corkboard. So if you'd like to sign your event up for that, you can send an email over at podcast at gmail.com and you will be announced just like the next three people. We do have one event that I'm excited to share with you this weekend, the Sunny Days Studio Sale and Pop-Up from our dear friends over at Sunshine Craft Co. They are doing a sale on top of an artisan market. And they are very excited to announce some of their vendors lineup, which is like Rye Jewelry, Lois and Leary. Uh, they have a whole bunch of other uh, available. And it's incredible what they're doing over at this in spot in Melrose, Sunshine Craft Go. That's today from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And the address on that is 700 West Campbell Avenue in downtown Phoenix, Arizona. So go check that out, guys. On top of which, our next event is Cousin Maine's Lobster is going to be over at Cider Core. Our guys over at Cider Core make an incredible event every time they bring in a new truck or a new vendor that they are promoting. So this is no different today from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can go and check out Cousin's Maine Lobster. It's delicious. I very much am a seafood guy, especially lobster tail. No one hates lobster. Come on. Uh, so go. Check it out. It's uh, at outsider cores um, tasting room, which is 31 South uh, Robson Suite 103 in Mesa, Arizona. Next event. Your name isn't an, isn't English. It's a screening and uh, a herd. It's part of the herd film series. I always love the herd museum and I always love promoting the herd museum uh, on, on Sunday, August 25th. From 11.30 to 1.30, they're going to be showing a screening of this movie called Your Name is in English by um, Taz, Tazba Rose Chavez, and it's uh, I want to promote this just because it's actually got a personal friend of ours and a former guest, Chelsea Luger. Uh, She is in the movie and she is going to be with the writer and director having a discussion about the synopsis and about the movie itself. I want to encourage you guys to go check this out. It's not only an indigenous movie, but I think that it's also something that will help a lot of, um, you know, natives really see themselves being represented in a movie like this. So. I, I really hope that if you are interested, you guys will go check this out. It's over at the Herb Museum, which is downtown. The address on that is 2301 North Central Avenue. And again, August 25th, 1130 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. I think I'm going to go check this out. And if you guys want to join me, you can always say hi. I will be there supporting Chelsea and Tosh, who are also if you guys want to learn more about that. They do have... A native health brand, um, health and wellness, and it's called Well for Culture. I encourage you guys to go check this out. They are incredible to pairing. Uh, they are both individually incredible, but together they are a powerhouse. So I can't say much. They are incredible, and I, I want to encourage you guys to go check them out. Um, that is it for our community corkboard. But last but not least, and Brittany was like hounding me on this because I keep encourage you guys to like and subscribe on any podcast platform. And if you leave a comment, I want to also read them out loud because it's important to us. And so today is no different. There's a a Mark Delaware who left us a comment on our iTunes and you, man, you are incredibly pleased. So I'm going to read this out for you guys. I hope that you guys will leave more comments like this because it really does mean a lot to us. And he, uh, he said, Mark Delaware, on I would love I would have used more intense words uh, to describe the show, but there's something so innocent and humble about it. It's legitimately what the description tells you. People who love where they come from uh, having genuine conversation with locals. They're uh, they're excited for these conversations and soothingly soft spoken. There's such kindness and love behind his uh, the show. I I'll also say that for the type of show that is I expected lower quality. It's actually one of the better sounding niche shows I've heard. This show is about building a community and I and I think it's doing its part. Ten out of ten. So thank you, Mark. It really does mean a lot to us. We try our best and we work very hard to make this as great sound quality as possible, on top of which. I try my best to be as good of a host as I can. So that means that I'm doing something right if we've reached 200. And I, again, I couldn't be here without all of you listening. So this intro is long, but I hope you guys enjoy yourselves and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Episode number 199 with Valley 101 Podcast. Let's go. What is it you do and why do you do it? Here at Finding Arizona Podcast, we love to showcase that. And so do our friends at Every Impression Counts. They offer free strategy consultations so you can envision the possibilities for your business or idea, such as websites, social media management, paid advertising like the top of Google along with advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Snap, video production, photography, podcasting, SEO, blogging, analytics, and so much more. In today's world, it's never been so cost effective to produce and distribute content with the tools that you have at your disposal. If you've ever thought, what if, just have a convo with my friends at Every Impression Counts. You can find them at EIC.agency or check out what they're up to by following them on Instagram and Facebook at Every Impression Counts and tell them Finding Arizona Podcast sent you.
1: Madeira Interior Solutions is the homeowner's exclusive choice for inspired whole home cabinetry. Your home is one of your greatest assets. When it comes to investing in your dream kitchen, don't settle for cheap and don't feel like you need to go over budget. Madeira has American-made in-stock products and custom fabricated options that can be suited to everything on your wish list. Madera Madeira Interior Solutions is an A-plus accredited by the BBB. Their products are not only made in the U.S., but they're also eco-friendly. Visit Madeira online at MadeiraCabinets.com. You can speak directly with a team member at 480-664-0343 or visit them in person in Mesa at 745 West Baseline Road.
0: Gentlemen, welcome to the Finding Arizona podcast. I feel like I should say Valley One Hundred and One, and that's because <laughs> I'm very excited about this. I've listened to every episode, so today we have someone very special coming on our show, and I'm going to let you introduce yourself because your voice is so much better than mine.
2: <laughs> welcome to Valley One Hundred and One. Po- I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is actually my show now. <laughs> She's taking over. <laughs> I am Kayla White, I am a journalist with the Arizona Republic, and I am host of the Republic's Valley 101 podcast.
0: Well, first off, thank you very much for coming in. I really do appreciate it. And then secondly, I am very excited to have you on because nothing makes me feel better than A someone returning back to us, (laughs) and B, another fellow podcaster.
2: Absolutely. Let alone coming for two different podcasts. Is that a first? Yes,
0: that is a very, very definite first, and I'm very excited. (laughs) So welcome first off. Okay, let's get into it because most people don't know that I already know you yeah, and that we've already done an episode, so... Our last episode with you was with your partner in crime and it was for the Myers-Briggs podcast. Yes. And so the one thing that we established there was that you guys came together as friends to make this podcast. Where did it go from there?
2: Well, first off, you have a really good memory because that was like a hundred years ago. Um, we so we made a podcast called "When Myers Met Briggs." Mm-hmm. Um, that was literally two best friends being like, "We should make a podcast," <laughs> um, and it, we really enjoyed it. Like, I to this day think that for two women just talking about this thing that they find interesting, absolutely, um, we really found like a niche audience. Uh, we had some really loyal following of like a couple thousand people yeah. which is really cool and basically we just like uh didn't want to do it anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> well no i remember the last episode i can kindly vaguely remember the last episode you guys were kind and you you did it wonderfully where you you express look we've reached the end we've reached kind of the culmination of like we've explained every single thing that we could possibly explain with this mm-hmm. and touched upon different topics that we want to touch Now it's time for transition. Like, that's kind of how I felt like it was going. It was a transition of we're going to step away. We might come back together. You never know. We're still going to be friends. But this is the end of this version of the podcast. Yeah.
2: And I, I, it was hard to do that with ourselves, but I try Mm -hmm. to do it with other people to be like, your creative endeavor can end and it doesn't mean anything bad about it. Exactly. You know, like sometimes you just see a creative project to its fruition and then you're like, okay, um, we did we sometimes to this day talk about recording an episode just like where we are now yeah why not i know right um especially because like she went on to do a different podcast and then left that and i've gone on to make podcasting my entire job (laughs) yeah so it's just amazing like how that one inclination to just make a podcast with my friend Mm -hmm. ended up growing into um, really shaping a different life path for me
0: yeah So let's ask, let's, let's go into that and kind of how it came to fruition, especially being that it is with the Arizona Central Mm -hmm. uh, Republic. And that's a very significant like corner piece of not only Phoenix news, but just in general, where people consume different topics of the news every Mm -hmm. day. So it, it just, for you, was it something that you fought for or was that something that the Republic wanted to do?
2: um well so we at the republic we launched one political show um around the same time i was doing when myers met briggs Mm -hmm. um because they were like who here knows anything about podcasts and i was like (laughs) well i have
0: one Uh, awkward moment Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) um
2: you get kind of voluntold you know yeah and uh so we made one and i kept it super basic because that's where i was at the time like we were just two people recording you know and then um, we had this enormous project at the Arizona Republic called The Wall, which was examining the impact of Trump's proposed border wall. Okay. And it was this enormous, like, year-long project. And the, the main piece of it was that they hired a helicopter to fly over the entire length of the U.S.-Mexico border wall, which had never been done before, at least by a news outlet. Yeah. Um, and our executive editor at the time wanted a podcast to go with that. Huh. Okay. And so we made this podcast called The Wall Reporting on the Border, where we interviewed the reporters who worked on it. And after making those three different shows, the politics show, the border wall show, and my own personal show, mm-hmm. um, I started to really feel like I had a read on like how much work it takes. I don't think people know. Yeah. Like <laughs> it it is so much work. I think the only thing that takes more work is video. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh so we actually our executive editor got promoted and so we got a new executive editor, and he called me into his office and was basically like Give me the rundown of the state of podcasts and what you think is doable. And I was basically like, they take a lot of work and they take a lot of creativity. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do anything in podcasting, it takes a significant investment of time and resources. And he was basically like, okay, bet. And then, you know, made a new team. Okay, bet. (laughs) Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so I didn't know I was talking my way into a new job, but I guess I was. (laughs) He was,
0: he was nodding the entire time. He's like, yes, I know. I know. And we're going to do it. (laughs) Right.
2: So now we have, as of um, a year ago, actually, this month, the Arizona Republic has a podcast team that is four people. So it's me, um, two other audio producers, and then one woman who is our head of audio, and she's kind of a strategist.
0: Yeah. And it's really incredible just the, can I say, from an audience standpoint, to see not only the you guys as the creators have fun with it but it's also so uniquely attuned to what phoenix history is especially yours the 101 yeah. and um you know i i haven't taken a listen to the gaggle yet but i am i think that's going to be my next step It's just like i've i'm slowly uh, phasing out certain ep- <laughs> certain podcasts to like fill in some new slots and right. I'm, I'm always transitioning in and out of stuff and so i'm this has been one of my main stables so far because thoroughly I enjoy every single premise question that you guys bring up. I will continue saying that till <laughs> I'm blue in the face. It's every piece of article or whatever episode you guys come up with has something unique and special to what Phoenix has to offer, what the Valley has to offer. And I think that that's something that is very hard. Like you said, it's it takes a real special significant year to to find those things
2: well that is really nice thank you yeah absolutely um, i think part of that is because of the way we conceived of the show which is where we answer questions the public asks about metro phoenix okay. and i think that's like the really the key of it yeah. because we get submissions we've gotten hundreds of submissions and it's it's people across the valley who are leading us on these really awesome adventures. Yeah. Um, I just like, you know, you said, you'll say that until you're blue in the face. I will say over and over again, (laughs) it amazes me that I've lived here my entire life. And people will ask questions about things I had no idea about. Like yeah, when someone asked, why don't we have a Chinatown? And I started looking into it. I was like, I, how did I not know we did have a Chinatown? (laughs)
0: Like, that's crazy. That is, that is incredible to like notice that one specific question and then you went down this rabbit hole of like why and that's what that is the the quintessential piece of why i listen to it is because my own curiosity is that is basically that it's like every question i'm like why and then you you guys unfold it and it's just so beautiful it's so well done well crafted well edited everything and i tip my hat off to you because i really do i i'm like shoot she got the audio, like she got, she literally got the audio of the people talking. Like it is, it is really fun to kind of hear some of the the people, the historians, and some of the people who are actually there talk about what they what they've been through. Especially this last one about um, Legend City mm-hmm. and just this gentleman that you guys somehow found that has been to like every single right. opening. That's incredible. I like it boggled my mind. I'm like what, what person? Could you ever find to, like, who's been to this, like, very low-key like theme park that opened three separate times and it's been to every single opening
2: Mm -hmm. yeah that's totally the reporter in me that's like okay but why okay well why (laughs) yeah how are you sure (laughs) um so that's what i've really enjoyed so far Mm -hmm. is like getting the opportunity to combine this what you know what was once a hobby Mm -hmm. with podcasting with my uh six years of experience as a reporter so it is so awesome to get to produce these like I would say they're almost like audio documentaries. Absolutely. Um, diving into these unknown aspects of life in Metro Phoenix. Um, And and it's amazing because 20 minutes when you're listening to a podcast, I think is not that long. Yes. But 20 minutes when you're making a highly produced like NPR style show, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> you're, you're trying to
0: like scratch and claw and find the, you know, everything and, you know, make it so... It's anal retentive times a thousand, (laughs) and I definitely agree with you. It's one of the other things that you, I want to ask you is what has been your favorite? Because you brought up the Chinatown one, and we know someone together, Mm -hmm. Tony, who was on it, that was like, I was like... Wait, that's Tony! Like, it literally, like we listened to it. Both Brittany and I listened to it. We didn't know anything about the episode, and then mm-hmm. hearing Tony's voice come on, where we were like, "Wait, what? When did he do this?" Because you and I both know that that guy works. Oh yeah, he mm-hmm. works his butt off. And those of you who don't know him, Tony from who owns Snow Shave Ice is incredible. He's mm-hmm. worked his butt off to make Phoenix um, a unique next step to like he wants to build a Chinatown he wants to you know involve the um you know I've helped him with the Asian Chamber of Commerce Mm -hmm. to like do a program with them and it's just so fun and so delightful to see someone so positive about where he lives and what he wants to bring to the community
2: Absolutely. I think that's one of the things I'm really enjoying about the show. It's like I said, it's taking me on these adventures. And along the way, I get to meet the people who really care about Mm -hmm. Metro Phoenix and who are trying to shape it. Yeah. um, Tony from Snow, He one thing I thought was really interesting is they had that Phoenix night market, which was like a bunch of Asian um, vendors. And I think it was mostly food. I did not go. I don't remember. I was busy that day. But I was really jealous because my friend was posting a whole bunch of awesome like bow on Instagram. And I was like, man, I screwed up. (laughs) Um, but he said part of the reason they held that Asian food festival in the warehouse district is because that's where Chinatown used to be. And so they wanted to pay homage to what was once there Mm -hmm. and to kind of try to recreate it. And I was like, that is so cool yeah. and that's exactly the kind of person i want to be talking to <laughs> in an episode about asian owned businesses yeah and then also yes so i was like people keep telling me to talk to tony c from snow ice shavery <laughs> why and then i met him and i was like oh this is why <laughs> He's very very outgoing yes, and totally so. like a community connector so it was funny because i was trying to interview him and he's like running around the shop <laughs> i was
0: like uh it's, okay <laughs> you should have seen when we first met him we uh, so he just put out his first like he was in the building that he is in um on camelback he had just kind of started that business and the snow was kicking off to a new level and he wanted he didn't know anything about podcasting he, mm-hmm. he just kind of like Heard about it and knew it was the new wave, and so he was like, "Dude, you got one. Let's do it. Let's try it. And I'll I'll give you my hour time, and we'll we'll do it." And so I'm so thankful that you even did that because, Mm -hmm. you know, like you like you saw, he runs around. He literally, I've seen this guy walk from storefront to storefront, just trying to shake hands and meet Mm -hmm. new people. And it's I have never met someone who has the The fortitude and the tenacity to just go out there by foot and just commute like just bring the community together with his own bare hands mm-hmm. like literally I'm just it's incredible to see him. Go in his energy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I saw on Instagram they had that K-pop pop-up and I was like, man, that man is on the wave. Like he knows. He knows. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like we
0: just saw him like uh last Sunday. He was doing Booze Boba. Mm -hmm. And it was like apparently speaks to my heart. Yeah, apparently that went off without a hitch. And we were just like, (laughs) listen, he was already like in the mix of like making the boba. And we're like, look, you are busy, we are gonna go, but it was nice seeing Mm -hmm. you. He was just at it. So I, you know, we you meet all these incredible people, but, you know, what for you has been the most significant change from Myers-Briggs to what you have, when Myers met Briggs to this one?
2: You can totally cut out this pause later, No, right? that's it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, I just was
0: like, oh, she's making it dramatic. <laughs> no, I
2: was thinking...
0: Cause there's, there's gotta be like, I definitely know that you guys were more free flowing. Yeah. This one's a little, it's still free flowing, but it's still, not really like you have a rigid, like you have to keep up with the storytelling. You mm-hmm. have to answer the question. So it's just like, I think that you, you have come a long way from your, <laughs> from your ability to narrate. Thank I'll give you that. I'll oh give yeah. You that.
2: I don't even know why anyone listened to my first podcast. Cause it was garbage. Meredith would not mind me saying that. <laughs> It was, it's like, but I think, you know, um, I did this course online in between making those two different shows. And it was saying every podcast needs to have two of these three things. Number one, being like a charming and engaging host. Number two, being a, a consistent format. Okay. And number three, being like a niche interest. And uh-huh. I think on that show, we just scraped by on being two friends having fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as like 65% of podcasts do, um, I think what has changed the most is going from just doing podcasting as something that is fun with my friend. Mm -hmm. Um, What I learned the most there was audience building. Um, So how to find people who were interested in Mm -hmm. Um, Myers-Briggs. I did a lot of that on Reddit and um, just the interwebs in general. So we had an audience that was like around the world. And that really taught me about Audience building, using social media to build an audience, um, just kind of those aspects of digital strategy. Mm -hmm. And so it's been interesting to use that and incorporate it in... This new podcast, which is very different because When Myers Met Briggs was just a talk show. And this is a narrated, you know, storytelling show. Mm -hmm. And those are like, you know, the two different kinds of podcasts. There's Radio Lab and then there's WTF with Mark Maron. (laughs) And like um, it's so it was a hard shift. um, And I think what was the hardest for me was Integrating what I know about podcasts into how I'm used to working as a journalist. Got it. Um, because writing is so different than listening. Mm-hmm. It, I that has been shocking to me. Yeah. Um, the way that you can write an article is not the way you can write a script for a podcast. Got it. And so, <laughs> trying to write. For audio in a way that's more straightforward, easier to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but like when I'm reading, I will skip around on the browser page yeah. and like jump down to see how long it is, and then jump back up. And you're like, you know, you're just kind of scanning, yeah. and, and you see like a name that you like, and you're like, well, I'll read this paragraph, and then you jump around. And in audio, it's like one linear path, mm-hmm. you know.
0: And it's 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 a not a I don't know how to describe it. You have a start, and then you have this finish. And you have to find a way to keep the audience compelled throughout the yeah. whole weaving and turning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I, didn't, I don't know about you guys, but do you guys find yourself successful? Do you guys think, I mean, after every episode, this, is there like a group meeting like, okay, let's, let's go over it? Or like, do you guys feel like at the end, do you guys just put it up and like, forget it, we're off to the next <laughs> one? Uh,
2: I mean, we talk about every episode. Yeah. It's always really nice to get feedback from listeners on social media. I mean, that, like, makes my life. Um, I think we all have moments where you probably have this, too, where you work on something for so long that you're like, it's garbage, like, I hate it.
0: <laughs> you can tell which which piece is, like, a little bit better than the other. Yeah, yeah.
2: and so, like, my colleague Taylor Seely did an episode answering the question, is there an a in Scottsdale? And an A-Roof is... Um, I'm going to I'm going to explain this poorly but it's essentially like a tool that orthodox Jewish people use to be able to carry things or push things on the Sabbath. Okay. Don't quote me on that. Got it. But um so she did this whole episode and when she submitted it to me for me to edit it, she was like, "Ugh, I don't even know about this. <laughs> I think I don't think it's really bad." And I listened to it and I was like, "This is fantastic." So, you know, I think that's also we work on our episodes for at least a month. Okay. So, yeah. I think that's part of
0: why Nice. You, um, you listen to it so much, you're just yeah. like, oh my god, this is not gonna work. Yeah.
2: Which I, I genuinely think is true for any creative pursuit. Like yeah. if you work on it enough, you're just like, My art is nothing. And then you're like, actually it's amazing. Um <laughs> yeah. But I one thing that also shocked me in going from my first podcast endeavor to this one, which is now my fourth, is we do like hours and hours of interviews. Like Got we it. we probably collect five to 10 hours of audio to cut it down into a 20 minute episode. I know that's a
0: lot of editing.
2: It gives me a whole new level of respect for people who work in documentary like Ken Burns. Yeah.
0: Like that is like
2: years worth of work to make like a one, two, three hour thing.
0: Yeah. We just met, um, there was a guy, a gentleman who came in through our doors that was talking to us about bluegrass and he's a bluegrass artist Mm -hmm. and a documentary, Mm -hmm. uh, documentarian, sorry. Um, and he spent 10 plus years oh my God. interviewing some of the leading guys who started Bluegrass. Like, because he, I mean, he's a historian, so he knew that these guys were getting older mm-hmm. and these were the guys who established. And so he wanted to document their life story and kind of like how Bluegrass kind of blew up and, and you know, stays relevant. So it was just incredible to hear, like, he was just like, yeah, 10 years, it took me 100 and something hours of editing. And I was just like, that's incredible. Wow,
2: what a gift to this world, though. I think that's one thing I really love and appreciate about audio, though, is that it's a person in their own words. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, being in the news, like we're going through a phase where people don't trust the news media as much. And, and I totally understand it comes from a place of misunderstanding and, and more than a decade worth of difficulties. But Um, That's one thing that I'm really enjoying about working in audio is that, you know, you get to hear from the sources I talked to directly. It's them, you know, it's authentic. And you were I think you were asking earlier, like, what is one of my favorite moments so far in this uh, creation of Valley 101 podcast? And one is in the episode I did answering uh, Has Phoenix ever segregated where minorities could live? Mm-hmm. And I talked with a man named Calvin Good, who has been an activist in Phoenix since the 60s, I think. Wow. And he has lived in the same neighborhood, East Lake Park. And he, like, his name is on plaques. There's buildings downtown that <laughs> are named after him. And he's in his 90s. And, like, I got to talk to him. Yeah. And so I just got, I felt so happy yeah. that people get to hear from him directly, you That's know? That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. and in his words exactly that's
0: something that i think that you know like you said we lose the you know we we've lost a little bit of that trust and there's something that is primal when you hear someone else's Mm -hmm. words it's just something that's like it's the root of what you were going for and that's you you can't take it any other way than what they what their words are saying so
2: absolutely and i mean like that's why so at work i'm also involved in the arizona storytellers project which is a series of live events uh shows where people tell true first person stories on stage
0: and I have i have been watching and i really want to go to one we just honestly it falls when when you do a podcast oh, or like, right. definitely like we we have seen it and there has been a couple of times where like i had the perfect <laughs> story i wish i could tell one story and you you should
2: you should pitch to tell a story storytellersproject.com okay I will Uh, will take a look your pitches go to me and my colleagues so (laughs)
0: yeah no I I, you know in all honesty too it's um it's another aspect of what this has become is that we slowly started transitioning into other aspects of giving our knowledge by doing a class we just did a class for a group of individuals and then um, I've been wanting to do more public speaking and doing um, some stuff because we did do the piece with Um, Tony and I was a host for his one of his events and I was just hosting and I just really enjoyed kind of the stage feeling of Mm -hmm. you know being able to communicate and talk and use my voice and I think that's the next step is being able to tell my story or tell a story that I know.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah we really prioritize um, getting diverse voices from across the valley and we really want younger voices Mm -hmm. so I would be happy to have you pitch to the show or anyone who's listening yeah. if you have a personal true story that you would want to tell on stage to like 3 to 500 people um you should totally pitch your story at storytellers Project storytellersproject.com and i realized part of the reason i brought this up is you were saying there's like something primal right Mm -hmm. about hearing a person's voice and i think it's totally that you know millennia old tradition of oral storytelling Mm -hmm. you know like that's how we used to pass down our stories um you know our fables our myths like everything and Mm -hmm. so i think there's something honestly in the brain that is just hardwired to when you hear someone's voice you just it goes to a different place yeah. than if you're reading it. Um, so that is also part of why um, I'm like so excited to be at this point where I get to kind of take like the the work I've done, you know, coaching storytellers and uh, emceeing storytellers project shows and, you know, having my little podunk podcast with my friend <laughs> and then, you know, also being a reporter. And I feel like with Valley 101 and the other podcasts we're making, it kind of converges and, yeah. you know, it's like combining all of those different things.
0: And you have made it kind of the the pinnacle of like if you want to know kind of the the nuances that make you know the valley what it is i think you have to listen to the one-on-one podcast because again you don't get the history and the voice of the history unless you really truly do get to listen to this podcast because i again there are certain aspects like you did the episode with um like you said the, the um uh, if if we've ever been segregated throughout yeah. the Phoenix it, mm-hmm. and the Chinatown one there's so many explanations to why the downtown is the way it is or oh my God, why right? you know certain places are where they're at and if you if you can't understand that first off let me first help people understand that the Phoenix area is on a grid because the Jeffersonian grid was one of the most like after the east coast was developed once you got past the Mississippi, everything turned into the turned into a grid because that's what they felt was the most um, way to easily separate and make plats for homes and Aww. make it easier for them to separate the home area. Okay, and I didn't
2: it, even know that. It, it, but also I thank God every day for the grid because yeah. otherwise I wouldn't know where I yeah. am. It's, it, and it's <laughs> and
0: it's just those little it's those little things of as to why mm-hmm. and why it's so significant because it's made the city what it is and mm-hmm. it's made, you know, some of the the places what they are. Can I ask some future episodes that might be coming out or is that a big no no? Oh
2: like do you like you want to know what we're yeah. working on? Yeah. Well, I'm working on an episode this week that was answering like a lot of people ask questions about transit, which makes sense. Like yeah. that's what we all have in common. You know, like the weather and the freeways. Yeah. Um and one of them is basically like why does the I ten go through a tunnel in downtown Phoenix? Oh um,
0: I can't wait to hear this one.
2: I am totally at the point in production where I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh but you know i might keep that one a little simpler okay <laughs> so that one will be coming out uh probably before people listen to this episode but you can go listen to our back catalog mm-hmm. uh let me think one that i'm the another one that i'm working on is people have asked another one that i'm working on is people have asked why are valley sports fans so fair weather?
0: Or like, what does that mean?
2: Uh, oh, that's, so, a, that's
0: kind of like a backhanded compliment. Oh, 100%. <laughs> that's that's what it is.
2: Um, but basically, like, you know, we're one of 13 major metros that mm-hmm. have all four pro sports teams, but you know, it's not like people are hardcore here about their, yeah, so their loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, I say this as someone who like literally knows nothing about sports. Mm-hmm. That's part of why I picked the question is because it's a learning opportunity for me. Ah. Um, but that one I'm working on. And that, I, that'll I that come out sometime in September, October.
0: Yeah. I'm curious. Do you get to, like, are you going to be talking to some of the sports head guys? Or are you going more the route of, like, sports fandom? Are you going to, like, to talk to the head of Sun's organization and things like that? or
2: You know, if it were only that easy. If only it were that <laughs> easy.
0: No, and in, in all actuality, too, I'm very surprised at some of the interviews that you guys tend to get because they're very the ones that you don't imagine like you wouldn't i didn't anticipate someone being at all three openings of the mm-hmm. of that thing and you found a guy like mm-hmm. is is that a testament to how good of a reporter you
2: are <laughs> <laughs> um yes me and my team so yes. like i said i'm not the only one who yes, makes those yes, episodes yes. but but yeah um it is that's just that's just good old-fashioned reporting okay nice. um you know keeping your ear to the ground uh i also you know i've been a reporter here for six years so yeah. you start to build up a source base yeah, at that you point a couple of
0: contacts um but
2: i don't honestly i don't even know how taylor found that guy with who's <laughs> obsessed with legend city that was amazing
0: um but yeah, there's there's all sorts of like opportunities for you guys to make these interviews happen. I was just curious because that one premise of the sports you could go either route. You could go a super fan and be like, "Explain to us, you know, why such and such, why Arizona gets this gets this demeanor, gets mm-hmm. this credit." And or you could go the the organization's route and see, yeah, you know, how the organization Tries its best to you know develop the community and, and you know find itself in the community.
2: Well, you know you uh, this this truly is like a inside scoop because I don't know where my episode will end up going. Okay. It's early enough in the reporting process, but tomorrow I am interviewing an ASU professor who works in sports marketing, Ooh, and nice. so that's kind of like my first stop okay. is talking to an expert who yeah. can kind of give me the groundwork. Okay, and. Then I do hope. Like some of my questions are, the Cardinals are the only team here that sells out every single game. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are they doing right?
0: What, yeah, that's a you good know? question.
2: And and what's everyone else doing wrong? Yeah. But um, I'll let you know when I get the answer on that.
0: Okay. Now, one of the things that I'm curious about is the Japanese Garden. That's something that's always kind of hit it, me
2: with those questions. Valley one hundred one. dot dot
0: And you know that that is something that like for me. You know, you guys, I'm just always anticipating what the next episodes because I'm always like excited. Like what question is mm-hmm. someone going to ask is to me, all the questions are the right questions. because <laughs> I'm very curious about every single one of them. Yeah. Um,
2: it's also like some of the uh we really try really hard to do a broad range of questions, which yeah. is why I want people to submit their questions because I don't want to only answer stuff about transit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we just hired our newest team member, Maritza Dominguez, and Ooh. she, um, is bilingual and she actually majored in okay. like double majored in, um, journalism in Spanish with an emphasis on translations yeah. uh, English to Spanish, which so we're going like,
0: deeper into the Hispanic community. Hell yes, we are. Uh, yeah.
2: I mean, uh, a third of Metro Phoenix is Hispanic so it only makes sense and we got you know you're saying my question of these sports loyalties is super broad Um, she is working on a question right now that's basically like how did Latinos shape the valley
0: Wow! I
2: know. Wow! So, what a
0: broad <laughs> stroke of a question. I know.
2: So uh, just wait to see what she does with that.
0: <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I'm very, very fascinated by that. Um, you know, there's so many things I want to ask you, and one of the, um, one of the things that probably most people don't know is that when we first got together, I know, of um, you know, just kind of understanding like that, Briar's. Myers Briggs, part of you and your mm-hmm. your bestie, you are the type of person to always question why. And you are, you are, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> you are, gets me into trouble. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Like, that was going to be my next question. Does it get you into trouble? Absolutely. Is it difficulties with this job? You know, what are some of the aspects that people don't know about your position that you want them to understand?
2: That's interesting. Um, I think the trademark of any reporter or really anyone who works in journalism is just like pure unbridled skepticism. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, people can tell me anything and I'll be like, OK, I'm, how can I verify that? Like, yeah. let me check it out. Yeah. Um, and I think I think maybe that surprises people sometimes. Yeah. Um,
0: you're not the one to to, to go and doey eye. I'm like, yeah, I believe it.
2: Maybe when I was younger, <laughs> but then you know you get burned a few times and and that's enough to make you be like, i'm gonna there's a phrase in journalism that is if your mother says she loves you, check
0: it out. <laughs> wow <laughs> that edit- that that's deep into the editor's room <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> where you guys are pitching like listen mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, that's you know and that's for me. I've always found that very, um, appealing, especially as someone who's just like, I just find myself as a podcaster and just being curious, but to add in the actual journalism part, always kind of, I've always kind of stepped back from that because I know that I'm, I'm probably a little bit more open to believing someone than being skeptic, skeptic about it. Um, especially like. So we had another journalist come in and talk about her podcast. And I was being very, I was being very, her podcast is very serious. Her podcast is about a missing person. Oh, is it Octavia? Yeah, it's Octavia. Uh And I felt so bad because I was just like, buddy, I was trying to be this. I was trying to be buddy, buddy. And, you know, there's a level of you know, uh, she's a journalist, and Mm -hmm. she was dealing with something very serious. She wasn't trying to make a joke out of it. But I'm a naturally enthusiastic, energetic person. Uh And I was just like, I felt so bad, because she was just trying to make it serious. I was trying to make it playful. Mm -hmm. and It just was like, I felt bad. But it it turned out pretty good from (laughs) from what I remember. But, you know, Octavia is the best. And, you know, there's a level of journalism that I've I've noticed that, like, I'm trying my best to be as professional as I can. But, again, I'm, like, looking at it, I'm like, I'm still just a podcaster. I want to be fun. Well...
2: Like, we all have our different lanes. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not a journalist, then that makes sense. I think, um, if I remember from our last conversation, when we were talking about personality types, you're an ENFP, right? Or an ENFJ. ENFJ. that's ENFJ. Yeah, so just like a warm community connector. Wants to have fun. Wants to bring out the best in people. So, like, everyone has their role, you know? And then us journalists are just like assholes. So, (laughs) (laughs) can I say that? You can be (laughs) fine.
0: Do you remember your... You don't remember yours? I thought it was like introverted, though. I thought it was like I and I do remember you saying you're an introvert, but...
2: But I think I
1: tested as an E, but I don't
0: know. It was like between E and I. You were like ENTJ or TF or something? No. I think
1: where's
2: my last one. It's okay. Britney's the best. That show, though. it's okay.
0: <laughs> so let me ask you about this. I have Brittany. You have a, a multitude of people. Like you have a team of four.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, do- I was like, you have Brittany in what sense? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have Brittany as my as my cohort and co host and everything helping sure. me edit it in and doing everything. We do um, we do butt heads and we you know there's challenges. Yeah, you know, what have you had to overcome as challenging wise? Because I know that it can get fickle when you add too many chefs into the kitchen. <laughs> um, what do you do to kind of? because you are probably someone with the most experience as far as podcasting goes, what have you brought to the table to kind of keep everyone at an even keel or kind of keep them on the same level?
2: Uh, well I know. So in my first podcast, when Myers met Briggs with Meredith, part of the reason we ended that show is we were like, it is really hard to make something creatively with like your partner or your best friend. I'm sure you guys totally know what I'm talking about. Um, And so her and I stopped making that podcast. We also stopped living together, um, which was not from like a fight point of view. She just wanted to go like explore life. And I was like, I like wept when she left no. and then she came back and we were like, Oh my God, that was like the best life decision we've ever made to <laughs> not live together anymore. Um, so I don't, I don't have any insight on how to make that work. We just stopped doing it. <laughs> okay. okay,
0: But for this one, do you guys yeah. kind of like keep yourselves? I don't know how, how to say it. Do you guys like keep in your own lanes and like kind of stick to your own guns or do you, how do you kind of collaborate? Yeah.
2: well, We rotate producers. So a producer makes an entire episode by themselves. Got it. Um, So they are the ones who get the question. They do the ideation around how they might want to answer it. They Mm -hmm. are the ones who pick their sources. They do the interviews. They go get the audio.
1: Um,
2: Because I am the editor of the podcast, I do talk to them along the way about the ideas they have. Um, So, you know, like some subtle guidance uh, because I have the most experience in reporting on the team. Um, but then you know it is a, it's a pretty autonomous experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, our team also uh, we so we do currently at the Republic make Valley One Hundred One and the Gaggle, but we're developing um, numerous other shows. Yeah, they're just not released yet. Okay. Um,
0: oh, I'm excited about yeah. this. Just yeah, yeah. Just from the just from this one episode, like from this one podcast, I can see myself kind of. You know, going down the gaggle route and like some of your other stuff. That's the whole goal, uh, right? (laughs) You guys are killing it. Yeah, we have
2: one. I think I'm allowed to talk about this, but if my executive editor is listening, I'm sorry. Don't don't be mad. Uh, (laughs) I promise
0: she did this with the best intentions. I always have good intentions.
2: That doesn't always work as an excuse, but... um, So at the Republic, this is kind of serious, so I'll be serious for five minutes. So at the Republic, uh, there are plaques on the wall Mm -hmm. for two journalists who were killed while working in journalism. So one of them um, was reporting um, in the Middle East in the 70s or the 80s. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I should have double checked that. But... One of the plaques is for someone named Don Bowles who was reporting on the kind of criminal underworld here in Phoenix on the mob, the mafia in the 70s and he was like assassinated. Um, And so it's a fascinating story. Um, We always pay tribute to him every year at the Republic and basically, long story short, uh, we recently found a whole like what is that called where there's like a wall of uh, drawers
0: wall of drawers, like a, like a room. Like what is a- this called?
2: Cabinet.
0: Cabinet. File cabinet? There file was cabinet. a
2: whole file cabinet of drawers. Sorry. Brain fart. <laughs> yeah. Haven't had dinner yet. And um, there's a whole file of cabinet of drawers that was like bolted locked. And so they were like, Hmm, unlock that. And they opened it and they found all of Don Bowles notes Um, yeah tapes he took from when he was working I'm not getting a hundred tapes of Don Bowles working and so our reporter Richard Willis has spent a billion hours listening to these tapes from Don and you know kind of like a movie it is like a
0: movie yeah
2: so we are working on a show right now that is kind of using this you know, brand new audio that we found from the seventies to talk about not only Don Bulls's life and, mm-hmm. and the reporting he was doing, but also kind of how the seventies was this like tipping point for Phoenix where okay. Phoenix went from kind of like your small town to a big, big city. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, Don was killed by, Don was killed for what he was reporting on with the mafia ties here in Phoenix. Yeah. And and there used to be this group called the Phoenix 40. It's 40 dudes who controlled everything. And Whoa. in the 70s, their power on the city kind of waned. Yeah. And so we're kind of looking at like, the city of Phoenix through the eyes of Don Bowles in the seventies mm-hmm. and how the Phoenix of the seventies shaped what we know here in Phoenix today. So yeah. I'm really excited for that. Oh, that's
0: going to be a good one. I, that I, will I, be
2: coming out this fall. Okay.
0: That's going to be a fun one or mm-hmm. <laughs> right. interesting in the sense of like hearing the whole thing from back to front. And I, I don't even remember this. Like I don't remember this individual. I'm very curious about what's going to happen and you know, my question now is as someone who is who knows like a little bit of the the art of editing how hard was it to get the audio from the 70s to digitize
2: So I haven't been the one working on that directly <laughs> but Richard has had to go to a company that like li- works, works in yeah. repairing tapes and oh. getting them to digitize oh, I know. Uh, so I know it's been difficult yeah. absolutely
0: And you, you don't know what you miss you don't know what's like left out like didn't get like you know, if it warped throughout this the years. Like... Well, and,
2: like, one thing that's been interesting is they don't know who he's talking to. Really? You know, so so they'll have to use, like, context clues or, you know, in some instances it will be like, hey, it's Dawn, nice to talk to you, so-and-so. But other times you're just like, it, it's not clear who he's talking to, yeah.
0: Is, is it, like... Like stuff that he wearing rec- a wire. Wearing a wire?
2: I actually don't know the answer to that. that I think is
0: freaking cool.
2: Um, I'll let you know. Yeah, let me know because <laughs> I think <now> some you- <laughs> of it is like plugged into a phone, okay. but but it might be. I don't know. That's. that's I, mean, crazy. I,
0: I, don't, I mean, I. Know I mean, as a journalist, is that I, even like? Is that fair? Or like, I don't even know. How would you?
2: oh you mean is it is it fair to tape people without telling them
0: well as a journalist like you know because you said that his research was in the mafia ties and he's doing the like he has these recordings i'm curious if he went the route of like trying to interview these guys face to face and like try to just get to know them get to like closer to that yeah
2: I will tell you I have no idea right now because I'm not the principal editor on that project I'm just hyping it because I'm excited about it that's a deep hype um (laughs) but You will be able to hear a lot of that because also like we are we try really hard to be really transparent in the Mm -hmm. shows we make about like where our own shortcomings are and and why we did what we did and kind Mm -hmm. of what our editorial perspective is. So we will answer all of those things in that episode. But fun fact in Arizona, it is legal to record someone without telling them.
0: Get out of here. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Other go.
2: states, it's not okay. Yeah,
0: nice. Mm-hmm. Well, now you now you know a little tidbit for you out there listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this, this really incredible story. Like I I did not know about that, and I'm kind of curious to know more about the '70s and these the '40s. The
2: I also realized I didn't tell you. So Don was killed at what is now the Clarendon Hotel.
0: Get out oh, of here! Yeah. Whoa.
2: Yeah. So that's if you go to the Clarendon to this day. Um, there's a huge a uh, picture of him hanging. Wow. Uh someone put a bomb in his car. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: I again, I don't remember. You would think that the car bombing would be like something well, that you remember. You
2: also, you know, like a journalist being murdered even today is really big news. Yeah. And and that is something that is the one that happened here in Phoenix. And so, you know, whether no matter what you think of news, mm-hmm. the fact that a journalist was killed here in Phoenix in the 70s for the work he was doing in journalism Says a a lot about our city. uh, So, you know, like if you're someone who cares about Mm -hmm. the direction our city is going in or how it came to be, like, I really hope that that show um, will end up being interesting to them. But uh, you'll be able to hear a promo to it on Valley 101 when we end up releasing it.
0: So lighter topics. Let's talk. Yeah. About, let's talk about politics. Now I'm just kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Look at your face. <laughs> your face just went Real, real. Up, like, nope. We're not doing that. Nope. <laughs> uh, no, we do have a section called Brit's Big Question. This is oh. Brittany's chance to ask one big question for the okay. podcast. So we edit together a song, <laughs> and it goes in. And it, we do. Uh, I don't no, just kidding. I'm so. joking. Um,
1: do you listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast at all? no No?
2: i know what you're talking about but no
1: the one question that he asks everyone and i feel like this is really fitting because it is our valley and it's you know what you speak on every day if you could put a billboard up metaphorically speaking like you're not to sell a product but what would you want that billboard to say like if everyone in phoenix is driving by Mm -hmm. what would you want it what would you want it to say you know so much about our city what do you want everyone to know
2: Oh, well, you uh, <laughs> listeners can't see my mouth hanging open because I'm baffled by this question. Um,
0: she and she thinks about it hard too.
2: So you said, "What do I want people to know?" Yeah. So I'm not selling something. Yeah, I'm some trying product. <laughs> Words or
0: advice or something. Don't forget, you wear your seatbelt. Gotcha. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Click it <laughs> right right
0: <laughs> i want to meet when you guys get a chance whoever whoever develops those uh highway signs of uh, <laughs> the dot highway signs <laughs> so the the thought the
2: thought the line of thought that's coming into my head is like the phrase that comes to mind is that connecting with your community is a choice um mm. and i say that because the way our city is designed is very isolated mm-hmm. and it's really easy like I grew up in Awatuki, mm-hmm. it's easy to never leave Awatuki, mm-hmm. and you know everyone wants to stay in their twenty-minute drive, mm-hmm. and so you only see people who are around you. And because of the way our city was built, it is somewhat segregated—not mm-hmm. not, not completely—but so it's easy to only be around people who are like you. Yeah, and so I think um, I think it is. Imperative to push yourself beyond your own comfort mm-hmm. and to become engaged. And I think the more you know about your community, the easier it is to connect with other people in your community. And I think it is a matter of going outside of your comfort zone. So I Beautiful. don't know how to sum that up into a billboard, but... Um,
0: Visit (laughs) Awatuki.
2: Well, with the new freeway, it'll be a lot easier soon.
0: And, you know, in all honesty, too, it's like I think that's something that we both have established as part of our podcast the ability to get to know your fellow man, get to know your community, and get to know the people who are in it. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I think we both want to challenge others to, you know, be open more. Mm -hmm. You know, trust you know be able to understand and and uh, appreciate your fellow Arizonian. Mhm.
2: Absolutely and like that's why we have the Storytellers Project is mm-hmm. because you can listen to people who are not like you at all, share stories about their own life and you in the end think like wow, I didn't realize how much I have in common with that person. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like with Valley 101, one of my goals is the more you understand all of the things that shaped Metro Phoenix, the more perspective you have on your own life and Mm -hmm. where you live and where you fit into that machine, you know? So people are like, oh, I I loved listening to the Chinatown episode and the fact that you ended at Mekong Plaza Mm -hmm. because that is the new Asian enclave in Phoenix. I'm like, yeah, you better freaking go there because not only is it cool and super fun to visit, but like that's a huge deal that there is an area of Metro Phoenix that is super concentrated, has 80 Asian owned businesses. And if you're not engaging, then like maybe you should pay more attention to the Asian community. You know,
0: I, I have, I've been to that Plaza. I have eaten the, the, in the restaurant in there that like literally is just like, it's, I didn't speak, speak to them because the person with me spoke to them in Mandarin. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know what was being ordered. I just went and ate and it mm-hmm. was so Good, yeah. Like it, you know. And some of the, some of just like going in there, some of the places that you don't understand or don't like know are just beautiful. Like just knowing that it's there and that the beauty yeah. is there and that you can go and appreciate it. I just was like so blown about, blown away by it, and it was incredible to eat there, incredible to you know meet everyone and the stores there. But again, like. I was so blown away that, like, no, like, it was so fascinating that most people didn't know that that even existed or mm-hmm. was there. And so it's like, wow, I've, I can say that, like, I'm the kind of person that I likes to explore. Both Brittany and I love exploring throughout the valley yeah. and finding these places. And, yeah, I, just know, I know that you went to Copper Star just the, the other day, too. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> How was not for you?
2: Oh, I love Melrose. Uh, you're saying, yeah, because yeah. we did an episode um, answering does Metro Phoenix have a neighborhood, like yeah. an LGBT neighborhood, mm-hmm. and Melrose is where it's at, and yep. I hang out there a lot. So, yeah, shout yeah. out to Melrose.
0: Well, you're more than welcome to come over and hang out with us anytime. <laughs> There's a pool right there if you want to go <laughs> swimming. Like You're more than welcome to come back anytime because you have made my day. You've made my week. And honestly, I will continue to listen to your podcast. Thank so you. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. It was
2: fantastic to talk with you. And to meet. you know, there's only like a handful of people who have podcast in Metro <laughs> yeah, Phoenix. So yeah. it's I love spending time with podcasters. Thank and you. Thank you to everyone for listening to me yeah, Babylon. on about of it's kind of a meta yeah. podcast, a meta podcast about, about podcasting.
0: Podcast. And, and it's also on the topic of Arizona. <laughs> like it's a it's a super meta. It's, it's super, super meta. But this last section is for you to promote and where people can find you online, all the social media handles. This is your chance to plug away
2: sure so like i said my name is kayla white i work for the arizona republic and azcentral.com which are the same thing a lot of people don't know that but you know when the internet was invented they had to go with something <laughs> um you can find me on twitter at kayla white my name is k-a-i-l-a because my mom thought that was cute I think it's pretty cute.
0: And- I think so, too. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what. I'll keep spelling it with the Y, but, you know, you I'll, get I'll get it. You
2: better not. I'll get it, sooner or later. You can find my show, Valley 101, wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can also follow Valley 101 on Twitter, at Valley101pod. You can tell us your question about Metro Phoenix at valley101.azcentral.com. And you can also come see me at the Storytellers Project shows. You can find our upcoming shows at StorytellersProject.com. Our next show is in August, and the theme is adulting. Mm. And it's at Crescent Ballroom. And I'm pretty sure I will be emceeing that show. So, uh, No excuses. Yeah, go get tickets (laughs) and come say hi to me if you do come. If anyone from listening to this comes to the show, please say hi, because that will make my day.
0: Yay. Yeah, especially if you're listening to this, and then you go over there do that please because that makes my day too that's true (laughs) that's true Um, you know before I go ladies and gentlemen you can hear every episode of our stuff at findingarizonapodcast.com again all the podcast platforms Uh, we also have a bonus podcast that we're calling Fine Examination 50 rapid fire questions that we're going to ask you right after this so if you want to help support us (laughs) go over there and patreon.com slash findingarizonapodcast and with that Say goodnight to Kayla and the Valley Valley 101 podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Bye. Guys.